0: Let's cut to the chase. How confident are you in your ability to understand what's going on with your website traffic? When was the last time you even logged into Google Analytics or your stats dashboard? Do you know where your traffic is coming from and what traffic sources produce the most email subscribers or sales? Do you know what blog posts bring in the most revenue? Do you know what social media platforms actually drive traffic to your website or just which ones you think drive traffic? Do you know the process a new customer goes through from the moment they hit your website to the moment they make a purchase? If you don't know the answers to these questions, dear listener, you're not alone. You're listening to What Works, the show that brings you candid conversations with small business owners about what's really working to grow and run their businesses. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. Now, the truth is that I don't know the answers to most of these questions either. I have a good idea of where our traffic comes from and how new subscribers get on our email list, but I could be doing a lot more to equip myself with the knowledge I need to make better decisions and smarter investments. Today, I've got a special interview with Rita Barry. Rita is the founder of a marketing agency that specializes in helping their clients understand the metrics and analytics behind their businesses so they can make the most of the information they have now as with the rest of our what's working series instead of asking rita what works for her i ask what's working as she helps her clients navigate the world of conversion rates website traffic sales funnels and buyer journeys rita and i talk about how to approach google analytics it's not a magic eight ball how she chooses what metrics to track for her clients and why she focuses on mapping the customer journey in every client engagement Plus, we also unpack a lot of the shame and overwhelm that can come along for a ride when you dig into your numbers. Now, have you made an important decision in your business because you got real with the numbers? Have you discovered a new opportunity right under your nose when you examined your traffic, profit margin, or conversion rate? We want to hear about it. Share your story on Instagram and tag me at Tara underscore McMullen and use the hashtag #ExploreWhatWorks. Now let's find out what's working in traffic and analytics. Rita Berry, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. So you had been doing design and digital marketing for years, um, but a couple of years ago, you got really focused and started really kind of narrowing in on the metrics of marketing. What gave you the idea to specialize in those metrics of marketing?
1: Well, oddly enough, it actually came out of a great deal of insecurity. Um, So whenever people are talking about imposter complex, I always laugh. I'm like, that was actually a great jumping off point for me. But I had started web design, I guess, 10 years ago now. And I didn't have that, you know, fine arts background. I didn't go to university for that. And when you're looking at other people in the web design space and just amazing gifted people that had like the traditional education that went with that, it was really easy to feel like what you were doing was inferior, right? And it was going, oh, you know, it'll never be as nice as that. And um, and just and not also not wanting to go for that training, like my life wasn't built for that to be possible at that point, that you just kind of feel a little bad about what you're doing. And, and so what ended up happening was that over the years of design, designing the websites you notice that you know people are coming to you with business problems that the website's supposed to solve and and since I actually do come from a science and math background and that's what I went to university for I knew how to kind of create a hypothesis test it and like that scientific method part of it was very natural to me so that's what I ended up bringing to the web design was that you know when people came with those business problems I could show them just as much for myself right as for them that what we were designing wasn't just fixing the aesthetic problems that they had, but it was actually building their business better and that I could prove it. And so it really did. It was that insecurity of like, I need to prove this to myself. But then also, it grew into the point of differentiation where people over the years started coming to me specifically, because they knew that that's where I focused, you know, and then the metrics just grew from that. And it just became that was more of a specialization. And then we got more and more into it. Um, and then eventually, people started coming just for that. And, and so that was around three years ago, where we started getting the first clients that um, just contacted us, and or contacted me at the time, because there wasn't an us, uh, that was just wanting to have the metrics looked at. And it was the beginning of um, what has now become kind of the sole focus of things. And we stopped doing web design, um, I can't even remember how long ago, there's still a few <laughs> hangers on for people, we, there's a lot of clients we work with really long term, so there's still... Um, some stuff in the periphery that we support. But as a general, like new web design clients, we haven't done that in a couple of years
0: now. Nice. All right. So let's talk about those metrics of marketing because I think this is probably one of those Areas that people know they should be doing something with, Um, but I think it's also one of those places where people end up kind of just going with their gut more often than not. And that probably creates some real challenges for them over the long run. So what are some of the opportunities or the challenges that you uncover when you start digging into the metrics with your clients?
1: Oh goodness, there's so many. Like it really, I think one of the big, one of the big opportunities that is often not what they come initially for. There's usually a specific question that they have um, that they come for. But opportunity-wise, when they realize when they have a full picture of how their entire marketing system and sales system works and 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 how actually predictable it can be, is really eye-opening for a lot of people. And to actually have almost like I would use the word control about like knowing what levers to pull to make certain things happen so that it doesn't become so mystical anymore. Uh, That's usually one of the biggest things that people don't come into it expecting. And then they come out the other end going, oh my goodness, I can actually figure out what launch numbers I need and actually figure out what I need to get there. So it's not just a crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. Um, And that's really that's just really powerful for everybody because that's all what we're looking for, right? Like to be able to have, you know, know you can make your mortgage payment and especially with the variability of online business, that's, it's a really powerful piece of information to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the kind of uh, mistakes or just like, I guess, obstacles that you run into as you first start to unpack or unravel the mess that is probably, that I assume is at the heart of most people's (laughs) metrics and analytics when it comes to marketing. Well,
1: there is, I think one of the things that I didn't anticipate uh, in doing this for a living is how much um, we're having to deal with mindset for folks, Mm. because um, when people come, and this is something probably very specific to online marketing, business services type stuff, is that there are people now that, that come to me and need service. And when we're unpacking things, we're realizing that the challenge they're having is that they're teaching a certain marketing method. And they're using that method to market their own business. Right. And, but that's also like the, the information product they're teaching. And when we're measuring it, we're finding out it's not working. Oh, and no. so there's a huge, yeah, it's like one of those where are like, as a human, you just feel like really bad for folks. Um, but then it's also like, okay, what are we going to do about this? Um, because things change. And that's one of the biggest challenges for people is that just something used to work and then it doesn't. And that's often when they come um, and then they, they inquire about service because they're like, I've been doing this for five years and it's always, everything's been growing, everything's been fine. And all of a sudden their business has shrunk this year, you know, and nothing else has changed that they can figure out. But since they don't know their numbers specifically, it's hard to pinpoint one particular thing. So there's, um, that's often kind of the impetus for when people get in contact with me is, is when something is shrinking or not working that previously was. And, and often it's an extra struggle when there's that layer of now there's the shame with it because I'm teaching something that I can't make work. Um, so that's that's messy because we're dealing with more than just the numbers, right? It becomes um, kind of a crisis of faith for the actual business itself. And, and that's something that 2019 has brought a lot more of um, than previous years. So there's a shift that everybody's kind of feeling, I think. And it's, um, it's, it's right there in the metrics as well, that things are changing how they worked. But yeah, the, I think the messy ones, I honestly, the two things that people bring mainly are people don't know what to track Mm -hmm. because Everything has metrics with it, like from your email service provider to your Facebook ads, to your Google analytics, like everything will give you numbers and people, it's just, they're overwhelmed with what to pay attention to. And, and so they'll either pick random things and there's no consistency to it. So they're not understanding what to do as next steps and, and therefore they just stop looking at it. It's quite common where they're like, I looked at that once. It didn't make sense. So I stopped looking at it. And and then the other piece that's pretty universal is that people don't know how to track stuff. And and because within all of those platforms that we have all these metrics, they're never the same, even if they're supposedly tracking the same metric. And that can be so frustrating. It's frustrating for me. I wish they could all get along, but that's just not the case. And and as a, a person who's trying to run an online business and measure your marketing, everybody's telling you different information. It's hard to know what to believe and what to... Base your business decisions on, and um, and ultimately, it's those platforms will never agree. And even if everything was set up and configured absolutely the best that it possibly could, Facebook will never agree with Google Analytics. It's just it's a different attribution model. It's just so you don't have to worry about it trying to agree (laughs) because it won't. You just pick the one that you're going to pay attention to, and and so those are the two people come. They're like, I don't know what to track, and I have no idea how to make sure this is right because. Everything seems wrong yeah. when I look at it, you know, they're like, someone had, I just had a call the other day where someone's report numbers, it showed that they had like a 99% open rate. Oh, <laughs> he God. was like, I know that's wrong. I know it's wrong. I've been in business way too long for that to be correct. Um, and so all of that kind of really quirky stuff that people run into, um, that they they bring you know, to me, just try and figure out, make truth of it, um, and honestly, we just get an accurate version of the truth that we can live with because nothing is ever 100 percent accurate with this stuff, and and honestly, nothing will ever agree. Yeah. So we just we just find the the one truth that we're going to go with, and then you're looking for the trends and patterns, right? You're not always looking for those absolute numbers, and and the trends and patterns over time is what's going to help you make the better decisions anyway.
0: Awesome. Okay, so there's a lot from there that I want to unpack. I definitely <laughs> want to get back to um, the things that used to work that aren't working anymore and and talk through how you um, unpack that problem. But first, I want to come back to the mindset piece and and even just sort of like the emotional piece of metrics and tracking things, um, because I see a lot of overlap between metrics and analytics and money, right? Like there is so much information there. There is so much to be learned from taking a look at this stuff. And at the same time, because we haven't been looking at it or we didn't know how to track it or because there's just so much and it's all so messy, we can feel like a lot of shame and overwhelm around that. Um, And I guess I'm looking from you for some reassurance for our listeners, maybe for myself, (laughs) um, about like how we can approach Thinking, you know, looking at this stuff maybe for the first time in a new way, so that we can kind of push aside the shame and actually open our minds to getting in there in the first place. Well, I think the biggest
1: thing to appreciate whenever you open up any kind of analytics um, is that from the five-figure businesses that we've been inside of to the eight-figure businesses. So it's kind of span the huge differences, um, in those businesses, but everybody, um, that we've looked at, and obviously they're coming to us with an issue anyway. So there's obviously, you know, something there, but everybody that we have provided service for from the outside, you literally have no idea what is going on. You know, I have looked at businesses, you know, like they come in and you have a lead come in and you go start doing some research on everybody before the call. And you would assume, just by all you know, social followings, everything else, that it was it was a quite a small business, it was fairly new. And you get on the call, and you find out it's a million dollar corporation, mm-hmm. right? And then the opposite has happened, where there are people that you know would be like internet famous, um, that when you get a an email, you're like, oh my goodness, I know who that is. And then you get behind the business, and it's not nearly what you thought it was, mm-hmm. or it has substantially shrunk, you know. And and that's why they're coming to you. So there's a whole, it, it just, it, it ranges everywhere. You have no idea what to expect. And the one real big thing that I have learned is that I just go in with no expectations. And, and it's a very judgment-free zone. That's one of the wonderful things that people always give feedback about is that I feel like I can say, I don't know. And then that's really reassuring because lots of Especially, you know, once you had a a certain place kind of in your world of being a certain influencer, have a certain status among your your group of people, it's hard to ask for help, especially with something like this, the exact same way it is for money. But I found that none of us have it all together. And there's always some messy bit. And sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's metrics. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's. You know, personal stuff. There's always those challenges, and this is just one of those things that holds an awful lot of shame for people because they feel like they should be further along or they should have this figured out. Um, but but people get to seven and eight figure businesses, and they don't know this mm-hmm. stuff. So it's not that it's imperative. It's just that it helps make everything a whole lot easier. And and even the the folks that get service later on in their you know in their life, and they they've already got a, a really good business that's that's been making money for quite some time, they they were tracking some metrics. It's just like the level of thoroughness that they have now just wasn't there before. But I mean, they obviously were keeping track of some stuff. That's not an accident Yeah,
0: to get there. Yeah. I love what you said earlier too about like, it's about creating the predictability or the potential for predictability with your business. Because, you know, so many people, that's like their number one issue is like, well, I know how to make money this month but I don't know that I'm going to know how to make money next month. Um, And that can be really frustrating. And and I love that that's one of the things that you are really, really focused on. All this month, we're talking about the numbers here at What Works. And when it comes to running your business by the numbers, you can't make a decision or spot a hidden opportunity unless you know what's actually going on. It's easy to focus on sales or expenses and miss the smaller stories that hide away in your business's numbers. And that's where strong bookkeeping and a personal business finance team can make all the difference. Bench makes it easy to find the hidden opportunities in your business's financial numbers. Not only do they do your bookkeeping for you in their easy to use software, they run valuable reports and help you understand what's really going on. Plus, you get access to your personal bookkeeping team whenever you have a question. If you're ready to stop stressing about knowing your numbers, it's time to get Bench. Even better, What Works listeners get 20% off their first six months of bookkeeping, and you can try it out free of charge before you commit. To get started, go to explorewhatworks.com bench. That's explorewhatworks.com bench. When you've got a new client, is there a particular first step or a first piece of the strategy that you are um, executing with that new client to get that initial big picture view of what's going on with them? So
1: yes, there is. We, before we start moving anything or setting anything up, um, there's a planning piece that goes in there. Goes at the very first part where we audit things and we plan what the measurement's going to look like. Because every business is different. Like you have a membership site, which is a very different measurement structure than how I would measure as a high-touch service provider. Right? Those things look incredibly different. And so instead of just going in with a, this is how we do things, it's um, usually between a two to three pl- two to three week planning process where we pick apart all of the different marketing that is happening. uh, Because so often people will come with this is what my problem is, like they'll have identified something that isn't working. And that isn't always what ends up being the actual reason that things aren't working. So we want to make sure that instead of like, we respect what the obviously the business owner is bringing as the challenge. And that is the ultimate thing that we're trying to find answers for. But there's often so many things at play that we need to make sure we have a full view of how their entire customer journey is working. And we also work with um, after purchase, like especially when people have membership sites, because churn and all of those sorts of things are so important to profitability, that it's a full life cycle marketing for lots of people, just depending on what their business model is. And, and so it's a lot of talking, figuring out what they're doing on a consistent basis. What have they tried before and and maybe stopped doing? Cause often people stop way too early. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, we just we feel, oh, this isn't working, you know, because I tried this a couple of times and it's not going. It's just they didn't give it a good enough go, and then the other side of that is that people that keep doing stuff that's not working, because somebody else told them this is the thing that you should do, uh, and so they keep doing it. And when we we dig into the numbers, we find out that it's it's a huge time suck, and there's no we can't find anywhere that that's making a difference. You know, in any in, especially in relation to the amount of time that's being devoted to it, and that you can start making a lot smarter decisions. So that planning piece in the audit is just to find out what's going on. What are we like? What technologies are we going to measure? Because when you're dealing with like a lead pages integration or um, different, uh, well, different, some email service providers have their own landing pages and you've got pop ups and all of those different like technical bits that you can really get lost in the weeds with. When we're doing that planning, we need to make sure we follow the path of all of the kind of the discrete sales funnels in the business and see what pages are people actually landing on, what pop ups are happening, what are all the things that are being engaged with, and ultimately, what do we need information at the end of this process, like what are the answers we need? And how are we going to make sure we have those answers when we're done? And that gives us the measurement plan of not only the paths, like the actual, m- more the conversion events that people pay attention to, like the the email and the sales. Those are kind of the easy parts. It's also, does this thing go to like an upsell page? And is there an iframe on this page? Like there's all of these things that when you're maybe doing it yourself, you might not notice that you're actually like leaving your site temporarily. Mm-hmm. And that breaks people's um, measurement really quickly, like they get everything else set up correctly, but without having that plan of this is literally I'm going through my funnel as a complete new person or having someone else do it, like just a, a friend or a colleague just as a um, a help out is really, really helpful because we miss so many things in our own measurement and, and documenting it all and then figuring out how do I measure each of these things and how do I get all of that information into one unified platform is how is how we began. That's a very technical explanation um, uh, of all this, but yeah. I think
0: that's great though, because even, even outside of the technicalities of it, um, so many small business owners don't have any idea of what all's on the table, what they are doing, what they have done, what they're still doing that they shouldn't be doing, all of those things that you talked about. And whether you know exactly how to set up your Google, Google Analytics to track that or not, or whether you know exactly where your Facebook pixel should be or not, even just taking a really good audit of the different ways people are entering your website, exiting your website, um, you know, uh, interacting with a pop-up, interacting with email. Email sounds like a really good first step for people just trying to get a hold of what could be going on, let alone what is actually going on. Exactly. And if we've been in business for
1: any period of time, it's like Frankenstein oh back gosh. there, right? And so, and that's what, what one of the fun parts about the audit is, is like everything gets documented, every funnel, every pop-up, every, everything. And to actually present it to the clients, like, have we got everything? And they're usually like, I I had no idea. <laughs> that that was even there, you know, or it's so common for people to say, I didn't even know that landing page was active anymore. How did you even find that? Right? Like it's just people. And, but that's, it just, we become friends, forensic auditors of the whole web presence and it's our job to just hunt down and figure out and follow all of these little strings that we pull. Um, and it, it really does feel like you're unraveling someone's sweater, yeah. right? Where you're just like grabbing all this stuff, trying to figure it out. And, and because often that third party perspective of looking at it with fresh eyes is, is really helpful Because they're, you know, we often don't look at our website from the front end Mm -hmm. of it, you know, like when it's your website, you're just in the back, or you're not looking at it. And, uh, and it really helps to have somebody come and objectively go through everything. But it's something that people can totally do of just figuring out what are all those, those touch points that people have, and just really breaking down the customer journey, where in like the most simplistic way, right, you've got how do people find you in the first place. And then the middle section of how's that nurture process look like a lot of people that's an email list, um, or different kinds of social follows can be a, a, a nice intermediary step there. And then sales, like that's really how ultimately most businesses break down. And then of course, there's the loyalty and after continuity type stuff. But that's it. And so So often, like even with really well-established businesses, what we're finding when we're documenting that customer journey for them and then doing all those funnel maps and things is that they've never looked at their business with those three chunks to say, how are people finding me? How am I nurturing them? And then how am I, you know, offering having a sales conversation with them? They've never looked at it in those discrete Mm -hmm. ways so that they can evaluate Do I need it? Like, does this part of my customer journey need attention? Because there's different conversations you have there. And and that's just so illuminating because it feels like sometimes marketing is just this big blob (laughs) that's very amorphous and it's just hard to get a hold of. And when they see it in a spreadsheet of like, these are the three sections. This is the marketing you have attending in each of those sections. Now we're going to measure how they all work. It's like, oh, like they can see that there's clearly a gap in their you know whatever section And they're like, oh, so I just need to, I'm like, yeah, we just need to actually create marketing that addresses that need. All right on. So it's not so mystical anymore. And it really just makes it a lot more straightforward. And honestly, anyone can do that. You know, it doesn't need to be, you don't need to worry about the most perfect technical setup of your Google Analytics. You just to do that kind of audit is something that anyone can do. I love that.
0: That is so awesome. Okay. So um, I'm actually going to push that Follow-up question even further behind. I've got another one that I think will <laughs> follow on to this, this particular piece of the conversation uh, better. And that is that at, at one point, you told me before that you like to come to Google Analytics or whatever, whatever piece of the numbers that you're looking at with a particular question in mind. Like you're looking for the answer to a question that you have or a question that the client has. Um, which I absolutely loved because, you know, when you open that dashboard, you're just like... Um... I don't know. I don't know what this means. <laughs> I don't know what is going on here. And I, you know, I'm a pretty technical person. I have a pretty good grasp on how the internet works. And the Google Analytics dashboard is still overwhelming to me. Um, what are some of the questions that you often come to, say, a Google Analytics dashboard with, um, and how? Well, yeah, what are what are some of those questions? Yes, I always the don't treat Google Analytics like a magic eight right. ball. And that's always
1: the, you know, the struggle for folks. Because you do, you kind of open it up and you're like, tell me the answer. How is that, like, what do I need to fix to make this all better? And, and it really doesn't work that way. And so, and any kind of metrics investigation always is best with a question. And so usually the questions that, um, usually the questions that clients come with, the, the first, I think, vast majority um, off the top of my head is always sales attribution. It's always what. What is driving this? You know, how are people getting there? And and that's that's a great one because it not only touches on the sales piece, but it often touches on the leads, like where do those people come from? And you can set Google Analytics up to not only, because it does last click attribution. So what you see in any kind of um, like goals and things like that in Google Analytics out of the box is going to show you what's the last thing that happened before somebody took that action is you can set Google Analytics up to actually do other things like original source attribution. So if somebody has a sale, down the road and it's like six months, eight months, a year later, if they haven't obviously cleared their cookies or browser blockers or all those sorts of things, you'll be able to see what was the original traffic source that brought them to you in the first place, which can be so illuminating around that awareness piece of your customer journey and how are people originally finding you that then but ultimately can become your best customers. So sales attribution hands down. And that's also something really it's not something you can Google on a blog post and like find very easily to actually create the system mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, so that's often a question that we're coming uh, to Google Analytics with. But you can find it in a very, at least that last click, which is still very helpful information to find out what what is that one message people heard before they purchase. Um, so original source of traffic always, because it feels like the golden unicorn. <laughs> people are always, um, it's helpful. It's not the only thing, right? Because I find people often put a lot of focus there. But there's so many other things um, that are impact as well. Uh, click tracking is a big thing um, that we check in Google Analytics because, and I, everyone's kind of had this, where you're like, a page isn't working and you're not really sure why. And just what, whatever action you desire on that page is not happening. You're like, what, what is it about this? Is Should I change everything? And you really have no idea what to do. And it just, it feels like you just kind of feel helpless with it. So a lot of times when we set up Google Analytics tracking, um, we can actually track all of the different links that are clicked on a page. So when someone does come to a landing page or your homepage, which are notoriously hard to um, optimize because you can't control the type of traffic that's coming there, is you can actually see what are people interacting with. So instead of that gut feeling of like, I need to change everything (laughs) because nothing's working, you can quite objectively see what people are clicking on, what's the most interest and make more, you know, thoughtful adjustments rather than kind of throwing it all out and kind of needing a whole new web design. Um, And it really points you to what, maybe what messaging works better, what people are finding interesting. And, uh, you know, the last one I would say is sales cycle length Mm. is is the one, because notoriously everybody thinks they have a long sales cycle. Everybody, it's like, it's so long, Rita. Oh my (laughs) gosh,
0: it takes people like, Three months to buy. (laughs) Oh, dude, I was thinking of people who are like, well, they get on my list, and then about a year and a half later, they're ready to buy.
1: And it's like, and you know, we've all said it and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so true. Like it, it's just one of those that people are like, oh, I have a lot, just so you know, that usually always happens in conversations and all of my clients will hear themselves in that and they will laugh too because they all know the truth now. So, um, so I don't feel bad saying that because they know and we all laugh about it together because they often come and say, this is what my, I, I'm really sure this is what's happening. And, you know, in Google analytics, you can actually lo- look at some it's, it's called time lag. You can find it in the conversion section. You do need to have, um, you know, your goal setup. So that kind of, if you were looking for, if you want to know how to Google it, you need to have goal set up or e-commerce and then you can look at time lag. And what it shows you is how long, it takes from that first contact that people have till they convert. So you can either look at it from a lead perspective, like how long does it take for people to come on your list? Or how long does it take before people buy? or both together, right? So you can kind of slice it and dice it however you want. And it is always shocking. Like it is just one, I'm not surprised anymore now, because it's been so many times of like, oh, 75% of the people who buy buy on the first day they've ever on your website, who are like, oh, and you know, initially, it might seem like that's kind of a vanity metric, like what would you do with that? But like the difference between someone who has a, a legit 90 day sales cycle and someone who has a zero day sales cycle, the way you market is so very different. different because the people, you know, you have got three months of time before the average person buys. So what are you doing right in that 90 days? And if you think you have a short sales cycle and you don't, you might not be addressing all of that nurturing that needs to happen. You might not be answering the right questions for them. And also, and if you're marketing to a, a an immediate purchase person and you're you've got all of these huge funnels in place for days upon days and they just need to know the answers to the questions right now so they can make that purchase decision you know it, it's it's so helpful and it's often one of those things that we just don't know because we go on our gut because we just kind of and it's usually longer because we all We all think that people need longer um, to make purchases than we actually do. Because if it's the right person at the right place, it can happen really quickly.
0: Amen to that. I mean, I think about my buying habits all the time. (laughs) And I am pretty fast (laughs) to buy most things. Like... Isn't it shocking? Sometimes like I'll purchase something, and go, Oh my gosh, like when did I even hear about yeah. that? Was that two hours ago? <laughs> like I just just Yeah, bought I it. mean, like, you know the story of my wedding photographer. I Googled how to elope in Glacier National Park and literally emailed this woman, I think the same day and was like, Will you will you shoot my wedding? <laughs> I mean, like, it was just, it was perfect. And I'm sure that more often than not, that's exactly what her sales cycle looks like. She knows people are showing up. They're searching for this, like, they have this idea. They're searching for this particular thing. And she's going to show up first and they're going to book her. Boom, done. And she doesn't need more than that. And she's doing just fine. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she's she's doing great. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I think that brings us back then to this particular question that you brought up earlier which is okay I've got this thing that has been working and it's not working anymore what do I do or how do I how do I parse this how do I figure this out so you said this particular question this particular challenge is really showing up a lot now and it's certainly something we're hearing a lot inside the network as well uh when someone comes to you with that particular question can you kind of walk us through the process of what you might be looking at to find out what's going on and what they need to do differently to get things back on track
1: so usually we we kind of put aside what what has like because the story of like what has been working and all of the um just the personal story, right? And there's all of that emotional weight that comes to that, uh, that people feel like they're mm-hmm. failing and everything else. So there's always like, you know, we're just going to put this over here and we're just going to work through the process. We're going to plan and figure out what we're going to have to measure and how to get it all right. We're going to do the build and then we're going to do the dashboarding and we're going to figure out what the real numbers are and then we're going to look at it. And and just instead of trying to specifically go at that one tactic, because it's almost giving that tactic too yeah. much credit. Yeah. You like because sometimes it's as silly as something's broken, you know, like and, and just not kind of worrying about, um, I don't know, you just, you really have to be objective with it and just not kind of go into that piece as much. But the, when we're at, have all the numbers, you know, and we're looking at everything, we always start closest to the sale, just in general with optimization, you always start there. So you're not pouring water into leaky buckets. And, and then we just back out and you look at like, what are the conversion rates you used to have? And sometimes it's not even that, that's really changed. Sometimes their conversion rates are the same, but they just didn't have as much traffic. And, and so if they think there was a sales problem, you're like, actually, you know what, and it's really great, because you can reassure people and say, that launch was converting at 4% last year, it's converting at 4% this year. Okay, so we're going to just park that for now. That doesn't look like that's the main thing we need to concentrate on. So let's back up a step. You know how much. Um, How many people are on your email list? What is the interaction on your email list like? And then sometimes we find that, you know, open rates have gone down. There's a list quality issue um, that, say, some of the marketing that they used to be doing, social platforms have shifted. uh, And where they've traditionally been marketing isn't as engaged as it used to be. Or... Or just their, their market has become more sophisticated, right? It's like the um, Joanna from Copy Hackers always says that this it's like the difference between offering somebody shoes, and we all know what shoes are, we're quite sophisticated when we're buying shoes. But if you're offered like hover shoes, we're very unsophisticated. And and audiences change that way, you know, where we become more educated in things and we we need different messaging and we need different conversations around things. And so you start to see where where people aren't engaging with just by the numbers, you know, what kind of interaction did they have before that they don't have now? And then you start to say, okay, well, what kind of marketing is happening around this number? Is this the, is this the Facebook lives? Is this the email marketing? Is this the blog posts? Um, You know, things like that. And just, you start to become a detective and really pick it apart. But you're focusing, like when you see the number changes, because like I mentioned at the beginning, we're looking for trends and patterns over time. The absolute number isn't nearly as important as that. So if you see that there's a trend that a certain part of your marketing isn't responding as well, then you can dig into that particular stuff. Like, is that is that the email marketing, the social, the blog post, the content, the videos? What is it about that particular thing that isn't resonating with people? And then heaven forbid, you actually just talk to your people. At that point, because when it gets to a messaging problem um, with a, not necessarily a problem, but a, a messaging change that mm-hmm. needs to happen uh, would be a more accurate way to put it. The only way that you get in numbers don't matter at that point. You need to sit and talk to your people and the numbers just point you to that reality that you need to start talking to the people that aren't buying the people that are. And what are their concerns and all of that actual like the squishy part of marketing that nobody likes to do uh, that's actually the most helpful when you get into
0: that kind of situation. If, if all else fails, that's I where we go. I love that. And I, I love that so much. I love that we can be having this conversation about metrics and numbers and dashboards and analytics and in, like, okay, sometimes the sometimes all of that stuff just points you right back to talking to your people. And that's where the real solution is. I know.
1: It just, it kills people when they'll like all the conversion rates and this and they think that's how I'm right. going to come at it, right? Because that's very much how metrics is sold. And in, in one of the, you know, the first kickoff call, one of the first things that I say is just measurement is another form of listening to your mm-hmm. audience. That's all that it is, right? And there's there's ways where we're talking one-on-one. There's ways where we're listening en masse. And that's what this is. And and so often, and it's really, you know, my, my soapbox for measuring things. Because it, get, it gets a bad rap, right? Because I think it it was parceled together with some of that skeezy marketing for so long. And people were like, conversion rate this. And you could like squeeze every cent out of somebody by upselling them and cross-selling them and all of that kind of stuff that used to happen and still does. But that, that's where metrics used to live. And and I'm trying to rescue it from there because it's really, you know, it, it, then, and as our mutual friend, Mark actually says, um, Mark Butler, that numbers are neutral and that's very much what this is. It's like the numbers are just, telling you what's going on, if you're marketing and and doing your sales in a way that isn't reputable and isn't honoring the people you're trying to serve, then the numbers are serving that. But if you're a reputable person who cares about your people, then the numbers are also serving that. And and knowing more about how your message is being received by the people that you're trying to serve, I think ultimately is the most important thing. And And if we ignore the metrics, we're ultimately saying that what we have to say is more important than the people who are receiving it, which mm-hmm. isn't true. And and that's often how the more, you know, the more altruistic among us where they're like, okay, that that resonates with me, right? Because we don't want to just be like broadcasting our own thoughts all the time without actually paying attention to how they're being received. And that's just where metrics fits in all that ho- whole marketing thing is just another way to listen. Amen.
0: Amen. Mic drop. Mic drop. Okay. I'm not actually going <laughs> to drop my mic. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's, Don't, it'll be loud, know, suspended <laughs> on a mic arm. Oh,
1: Anyhow, that's right. <laughs> <messy>. <laughs>
0: um, we do need to start wrapping things up. And so that was, that's such a perfect place to kind of leave this piece of the conversation, but I really want to ask you about just, can you tell us just some of the surprising things that you've uncovered that you've discovered while looking at traffic and metrics uh, for your clients?
1: Hmm. Well, other than broken yeah. things, which is routine, like people are just shocked. Um, lots of things like different conversion rates for mobile and desktop is usually quite shocking. Like where people are like, I have a conversion problem. And it's like, desktop's converting at 5%. That's actually great. But, oh, mobile's like 0.001. And then they're driving all their traffic to mobile. So, you know, <laughs> things like that. Or people that are spending the vast majority of their time on one social network, and the 5% of their time, and it's often LinkedIn, which is so funny, because you just had a great podcast about that, um, is LinkedIn is like driving a lot of really quality yeah. traffic. And then they'll be like spending 90% of their time on this other social network that they hate. right? And they're like, Oh, I do this thing. And I hate it. But I, I feel like I should. And and then when we look at the numbers, it gives people such freedom to let go of that stuff. Because not only are we just not seeing it in the sales, we're not even seeing it in the sales journey anywhere. Cause you can also, you know, you see all the touch points. And you're like, you have 15 touch points between purchase and sale. And we're not seeing that social network anywhere on this. And obviously, there's um a certain amount of nurturing that happens that you can't actually sure. put a number to, but there's only so much time we all have in a day. So sometimes <laughs> you just have to let some stuff go. Uh that that's a big one. Uh, but the Honestly, it's just—it's really mundane stuff. I don't know how surprising it would be, but it's—it's it's things that people find really, just really freeing, and uh, that they can let go of. And even the fact that we can get right down to the of on a sales page, where like some people have spent tens of thousands of dollars you know, getting these sales videos done. And and then we can actually say that, you know what? Nobody watches it, like quite objectively. Nobody has seen it. No one clicked on it and everybody bought anyway. So it's it's okay. Maybe it needs to be there just for show. But, um, you know, people, we often, we just get attached to these certain things. I mean, all these little babies in our business and, uh, and I just come in and, and kind of go, this is the reality of the situation. And now you get to make a decision, which is really cool because people feel a lot more comfortable that some of their gut feelings get backed yeah. up you know, and that kind of thing. But yeah, not anything usually earth shattering, but it's more it's more that kind of stuff that uh, that ends up being cumulatively really helpful. Um, but just a lot of really, really subtle stuff Fantastic. all over the place.
0: Uh, what are you excited about this year? What's going on in your business?
1: I, I am adoring just getting to do this, you know, and actually focusing <laughs> so much on finding, finding the thing that just gets you really excited and, and that you love to do, and that it's this beautiful marriage of 10 years of online marketing with this really weird affinity for math and numbers and spreadsheets that I have always had. So it, it really feels like I hit my stride after a decade, and and the business is growing better than it ever has, and you know, there's new people coming on board, and, and just that whole new experience of almost like being in your lane, where everything all of a sudden felt a lot easier, and I didn't have to push everything so hard, and everything just, it's like you're pushing the the big boulder up the hill for so long. And then finally it like started rolling by itself. And, and so we're just kind of enjoying the ride for now and doing a lot of those really unsexy business building things. Uh, but they're a lot of fun. So I'm going to enjoy doing that because I haven't had the opportunity to, to do that in such a, in such a big scale before. That's awesome.
0: So that's where we're at. <laughs> Rita Berry, thank you so much for sharing your passion for all these things, for these numbers and metrics with us. Um, and just giving us a look at what's working in checking out the numbers. My pleasure. Find out more about Rita Berry and Co at RitaBerry.co. Now, if you love learning the ins and outs of how other people run their businesses so that you can make better decisions about how you run yours, you belong inside the What Works Network. Every day, we talk candidly about the nitty gritty details of marketing, sales, systems, pricing, copywriting, social media, and more. Plus we host monthly events like our flash masterminds, insider hours, and community roundtables. So you can talk with people who get it about the business topics that matter the most to you. We'll be opening the WhatWorks network to new members soon. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash network to sign up to be notified when we do. This episode was produced and edited by Sean McMullen. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 200 more candid conversations with small business owners at explorewhatworks.com.